Welcome back to the podcast that rocks, the podcast that talks about rock, metal, alternative, indie, and pretty much everything else in between those subgenres and everything else in the sometimes great, sometimes tragic world of rock and metal. My name's Luke. I want to apologize for this being a day late. I had a terrible traveling experience yesterday going through the airports. All I have to say is going from O'Hare to Midway on an emergency flight because one was canceled and I had to get home yesterday. So long story short, don't be afraid to switch airlines and get a $90 cab ride at blinding speed across Chicago highways just to make it home in time because it is possible. I know that's not what you wanted to hear, though. You want to talk about music and things that have gone on in the past week. It's interesting because there hasn't been any crazy over-the-top stories for the most part, but there are some things that are definitely worth talking about, most of them good in good light. One of them I wanted to start about was today that just broke the news. And this is for more the alternative side of that pop rock, alternative pop, everything. I'm going to say the name and some of you will be really interested and others will groan and roll their eyes. 21 Pilots' Blurry Face is now the most streamed album of all time. That's it. That's literally the highest streamed album ever in our current age of streaming. Not the Beatles or Led Zeppelin or Pink Floyd. Not even something from the hip-hop or pop community like Childish Gambino. Nothing on the countryside. Nothing from Taylor Swift. It beat out Taylor Swift. That should tell you something. Blurry Face from 2015 is the most streamed album ever. That is so big. Even for 21 Pilots who have now had another album come out since then... Who knows if that's going to top it or not, but the fact that Blurryface has continued to ride that momentum after it won a Grammy, after it had several singles charts at number one in respective Billboard mainstream and other different top 40 charts, it still has had that much staying power. I reviewed that album back in 2015 when they sent it to me. I liked it fine. I know I'm in the minority sometimes on that. Some people either love it to death or they can't stand it. I'm one of the few people who's kind of in the middle. I'm indifferent to it. I think 21 Pilots are just fine for what they are. They have a few songs that are really catchy and work very well. I admit some of the songs don't do anything for me, but I've never heard anything from 21 Pilots that actually made me turn off the radio. So take that for what it's worth. I know, again though, many other people have totally different experiences with this band. I just think that's so amazing that this is the group, these two men from Ohio and everyone else that plays with them for the backing group and everything for studio, production, design, touring, everything else you can name. But it's these two guys that have the most streamed album ever so far. That kind of blew my mind when I saw the stats on that. Like it was making the rounds today. I would love to know really just the breakdown of how what the others are i'm sure i could do more research and see what other albums are coming close or what's around it i'm sure there's big names like i said childish cambino i'm sure taylor swift's up there but the fact that 21 pilots on an album from 2015 is still going that strong and still being streamed today in july of 2019 that's proven they have staying power they're not a flash in the pan. I mean, getting arena tours and playing in NBA and NHL stadiums across the country proves that. So you're totally not going to have any argument anymore about them just being a one-trick pony. They have several albums now. They have way too big of a fan base. Some of them go over the top, too. Some of the 21 Pilot fans are a little bit overzealous in how they honor Senpai and make sure anyone who even utters a potential complaint about one of their songs is shunned into oblivion. Well, 
for what it's worth, I think 21 Pilots are just fine. I like them. Don't love them. Do not by any means dislike them. I think they have something creative. I think they're extremely nice guys when I got to meet them for the first time back in 2013. Man, that's been a while now. That's when I had short hair and I was first starting to do this. Man, that tells you how long ago this was. I personally am ecstatic that it's Blurry Face. That's the most streamed album of all time, though. Maybe Rock's not dead after all. Maybe Gene Simmons was wrong and this is more proof. I never bought into that, by the way. I don't want people saying I ever thought that. I didn't. Rock is not dead. It's just definitely not on top. And I think that's where a lot of people get this really confused. Because we, it's been a long time since rock, metal, even the alternative side of things had a band that was really not only above and beyond pop culture and bringing in everything to other bands in that subgenre, but just in general, rock, metal, alternative has not been on top for many years now. I remember saying a couple years back myself, what needs to happen for rock, metal, alternative, whatever, to get back on top again is a big name to help lift rock and metal and alternative back up to the top. We need the next Metallica, the next Nirvana, something along those lines. Because when Metallica started surging in the 80s, other thrash metal bands started coming up. When Nirvana really started changing people's direction from hair metal to grunge in the early 90s, other grunge bands started getting the notice. So that's what we need. We need that one big name to really just completely turn heads and help catapult rock back into everyone's perspective. Everyone, everyone's radar will be completely focused on that. I don't know what that band is, though. A lot of people have made arguments over the past few years. Some people used to say Ghost might be the next one. I think Ghost, as much as I love them, are a little bit too far on... <laughs> They're a little bit too far left field for some people. Some, a lot of fans see the image. A lot of fans see the fake Satanist gimmick. A lot of people see the mask. Some people say they're not heavy enough. Some people don't like the, how the music's changed over the years. Some people just cannot wrap their heads around a different, quote, singer, quote, every album, which, come on, that's not that hard to figure out. But I don't know if it's Ghost. I don't know who it is, though. But then again... That's what we need, though, is something like 21 Pilots. And that's not the best answer now because they've transcended into pop, in my opinion, just for their sound. Maybe they'll come back to more of the alternative indie side, and that's fine. But they are just a hair above breaking that household name value. And I think they're going to keep that momentum if they stay afloat, they stay out of trouble, and they keep making new music, and they keep killing it on the road. That's what people love about their tours and their venues and things like that. Like, their live show is spectacular. I've seen them twice, and these were in festival situations, so it wasn't even the arena tour. I can't even imagine how good they are live in an arena. So, again, this is a huge deal to see this about Blurry Face. What do you think about Blurry Face? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Are you kind of in between? I liked it when I reviewed it. I know a lot of people have many opinions about 21 Pilots, though. If you're listening to this on YouTube, please leave a comment. Let me know what people what you think about Blurry Face, but more importantly, 21 Pilots in general. Some of the bigger news that happened this past week 
one cool thing that happened was Slayer posted a little bit of a teaser. Slayer's in the middle of their farewell tour. Their five-legged monstrosity beast of tourists that's gone through several years now. They have made sure to cover every city and country they possibly could. They have done what many other bands said they would do to make sure they hit your town before they call it a day, and then they just keep going on and on and on, a.k.a. Kiss. But still, they're doing it. And I think Slayer really could wrap it up after this leg or the final leg of this tour. And what they've released is a little bit of a trailer. And if you're watching this or listening to this on YouTube, I'll put the YouTube card and the video link in the description. Or if you watch it on GetRock.net, just scroll below and I'll have all the video links there. They released End of the Monsters. A little bit of a spoken word trailer. You hear some music in the background. And with the message of that's coming this fall. Is that a new album? I hope so. It's been a while since we've heard new Slayer. And you know they're working. You know they're together. So there's no reason why it couldn't have been done. I don't know if it's going to ever satisfy any of the longtime Slayer fans, Thrash fans, even metal fans in general. Metal has changed greatly since the days of the 80s. Since Rain, Rain and Blood and South of Heaven. However you want to see it. I think Thrash and Slayer, it's specifically Slayer, that's the most extreme of the Thrash side, of the Big Four especially, that you're going to have a lot of fans who are going to have these epic, monumental expectations, and I don't know if they'll have those expectations lived up to. I hope they do. We know Slayer could still play. We know they could still perform live. I'm curious to see if this is a final album, if End of the Monsters really is end of the day, end of the road for them. Can they go out with a big grand finale. I hope they do. I am not, I'm not expecting the next masterpiece, you know? I'm not expecting Slayer to rewrite history and make the greatest metal album ever. Not saying they can't, I'm just not expecting that. But I'm expecting something good. I'm expecting to go off the hinges a little bit and just do whatever they want, make sure this is as heavy and wild as they want it to be, bow out gracefully, and just sit back and relax. We know Kerry King... <laughs> He's not afraid of opening his mouth and help, either helping out the music and metal industry or completely condemning people he doesn't like. Just listening to him talk about Imagine Dragons is all you need to know about that. Man, he, he completely destroyed Imagine Dragons. It was great. Kind of deserved, but it was great. So I think with Slayer, if you've never seen them live, do what it takes to travel to see them. It is worth it. I've seen them live twice now, and I loved it both times. I'm not even the, like, for the big four, they rank lower on the big four for me. Because my big four preference goes Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax, Slayer. And I still really love Slayer. So that should show you how much I still appreciate them. But I still say if End of the Monsters is the finale, I'm hoping it's big. And I'm hoping it lives up to everyone's expectations. I just want to see a band that has been cherished and honored and revered go out on top. I would also love to see Slayer finally get a platinum album. They've never had that. Whether that's counted with streaming or not, I think that's possible now in 2019. Whether that's an older album, Reign of Blood, you know, that could definitely be easily accomplished. Even if it's like uh, one of those flash sales they have on Amazon where the album's $5 to download, and then you count that with the streaming, I think that'd be huge. So, who knows? Slayer does. Let's just hope they deliver on something this fall. Speaking of metal masters and the true gods of shredding, Miley Cyrus and that topic right now. So, not exactly the greatest segue, but I'm going somewhere with this. 
over in a big, huge festival called Glastonbury, Miley Cyrus started getting on that covers train again. Now, I talked about this last week with Pushing Up Roses. By the way, on a side tangent, I really hope to have Pushing Up Roses on more. I think she might have been my favorite guest of all the guests I've had on the podcast that rocked. I would love if she became a permanent co-host on this and split everything down the middle because she has a lot of, she is a wealth of knowledge for music. But that putting aside, we'll take that for the next day. But if you hear this, Roses, hi. And everyone that's listening, please at Roses and say, you want to come, we want you to come back on this podcast. So with Miley Cyrus, most people know by now, she was on an episode of Black Mirror. And she kind of played a different character. And with that, she released a remake, not a cover, but a remake of Head Like a Hole by Nine Inch Nails. What she did was she says, On a Roll. That's the new song on YouTube. It is a poppy, upbeat song with a lot of synth. And it sounds great. The lyrics are not dark and angry anymore. They're upbeat, happy, about love, accomplishing your goals. I'm on a roll. Flying so high, achieving my goals. I mean, it's stuff that Trent Reznor did not probably intend, but he probably gave his blessing for because this is nothing like that gritty industrial style. So, along with that, while she was in Glastonbury, I hope I'm pronouncing that for all my UK and European fans, please, please correct me if I'm mispronouncing that wrong. She did a few more covers live. She covered Head Like a Hole, the actual song. She actually did the lyrics for that. She also covered Metallica. Nothing else matters. You know what? It wasn't that terrible at all. It wasn't really bad. She had the backing band behind her really stick to the song, and she was just giving her honest delivery. She wasn't being hammy like she was with Nirvana years back with Smells Like Teen Spirit, which was pretty rough. This was fine. I'm going to leave a link to the audio if you're listening on YouTube or if you're on GetRock.net, so that way you can check it out yourself. It's three minutes, and honestly... I don't see a problem with it. Again, she has the backing band with her. I mean, it's the music. It's her delivery. It sounds okay. If this was the cover level just for live appear- just for live shows, just to do something fun, I don't have a problem with it. Not at all. I, you know, because it's not to the point where she's only doing covers. She's still doing her own music. And when she does on a roll as Ashley O, another um, personality, she really is like the Mick Foley of music. <laughs> With the three faces of evil, it's the three faces of pop. So, I don't know which one Cactus Jack do love and Mankind would all equate to Miley Cyrus, Hannah Montana, and Ashley O. But, whatever that would be, I really think it's interesting because she has something with that Ashley O pop cover. On a roll, it really is worth checking out. It's short, it's like two and a half minutes at best. But it's definitely worth hearing. And if she's doing these covers over in Glastonbury, if she does them more on any upcoming tours, if she decides to do more acting, maybe, because she might have gotten that bug from Black Mirror. I know there's been a lot of um, critical, a lot of people supporting and rooting against this Black Mirror episode, saying it was good, it was bad, didn't like it, didn't hate it. It was great. It was awful. So they're all opinions are all over the field on this one. Consensus is still out for me. I haven't seen it yet. All I know is bits about the episode because she performs an actual straight cover as a character in the episode of Head Like a Hole, saying she wrote it, you know, as the character. And then also this is uploaded on YouTube from Netflix with this full music video rendition. So it's worth checking out. Do you think Miley Cyrus should cover more songs? Especially in the rock and metal field? Especially in the industrial field? She might. 
she's done it before. No reason she can't now. And if she's gotten this much praise for On a Roll as Ashley O, there's no reason why she can't keep doing it because there's obvious money in it. And again, this Nine Inch Nails cover or remake, revision, it's pretty good. And going into another group with mixed opinions and a bunch of people who are both for and against new music, Blink-182 has a new album coming out, and they've already had a new few new songs come out from this album. Boy, oh boy, is there a lot of back and forth on whether it's good or not, whether people are loving it or they're feeling betrayed, they're crying betrayal. I have seen a lot, and the recent new song, Happy Days, is out now. Just three minutes, it's a quick track this is the one happy days i feel has the best chance of satiating a lot of the old school blink 182 fans from the late 90s i think it's fine i'm of the side opinion matt skiba does great i love him i think he's a perfect fit i think anything they work together with is fine i liked california the album i didn't think it was blink 182's best album they've made but i still really liked it just fine i think people were so overblown that a member left Blink-182, that Tom's gone. And you know what? That's how it's going to happen. That's just life. He left to... There's no nice way to say that. He left to look into alien studies. And (laughs) I know that sounds like I'm making that up, but if you have to look it up a little bit yourself. I know Blink-182 fans already know all about this. Yeah, he went to do research and study to track alien life forms and all of that. And... I know it's hard to really talk about it and keep a straight face because whether you believe in alien life, that's fine. Believe what you want to believe. I just wish there wasn't such vile animosity towards Blink and Matt coming aboard and the music sounding slightly different. And that being said, another thing that's coming up for Blink-182 is they're headlining Aftershock Festival in Sacramento this October. That is traditionally a rock and metal festival. It is heavier. Last year, it was Deftones, and it was System of a Down. The year before that, it was... Oh, who was it? I was there. Ozzy Osbourne. You know, I mean, that's enormous. And Nine Inch Nails. Going back to Nine Inch Nails again. So this is a traditionally heavy, heavy concert. The rest of the bands at Aftershock for 2019 are huge. Tool, Slipknot, Rob Zombie. You know, these are big names. And then you have Blink-182 headlining on day two, that Saturday, playing last. Later than Rob Zombie, later than all the other bands on that second day. I have seen so much criticism about how dare they let some soft band like Blink-182 come aboard. How could they let this poppy band, this pop rock, pop punk garbage, come to their sacred metal and rock shrine in Sacramento? My response to that is, Blink-182 is great. They're great live. They add a little bit of variety to a very homogenous festival. And I'd love Aftershock. But I can honestly say that sometimes the band lineups do sound very similar to each other. The bands, just like it's just one long chug-along riff fest for some of them. This is a huge get. It's something that breaks up the three-day festival, too. You know, Friday night, Slipknot headlines. Sunday night, Tool headlines. Saturday, Blink-182. That way, I think a lot of people were not expecting it, but a lot of people are going to be satisfied with what they see if they stick around for it. I've seen so many people say, I'm leaving after Rob Zombie. Everyone, I love Rob Zombie. 
but his shows are almost identical to each other now. They open with the same three or four songs every single show. I know that because I've shot Rob Zombie for years now, at least once a year since 2013. Open up with Dead City Radio, going to Super Beast, like clockwork. And he puts on a great show. Blink-182 is something different, though. That's what I, drives me insane. So many people complain about the lineups for festivals. Okay, here's Aftershock, an amazing festival that sells out every year. They get a great band that's something a little bit different, and people freak out. All I can say to that is, if you're already planning to go to Aftershock, I know a lot of the tickets are already sold out for VIPs and stuff like that. Go and stay for a few songs of Blink-182. Give it an open chance. Don't leave before the show starts. Don't leave right after Rob Zombie. See what Blink-182 has in store for their live show. See if they can win you over. It might be something you really enjoy. And that goes for everyone else, too, on Blink-182's current tour. Now, I want to make sure I got this right, because blink is coming to my town also, and he's on a very special tour with Neck Deep. And does anyone else know who he's going with? Oh, man, with Lil Wayne. I had to double-check on my keyboard just to make sure I had the right uh, hip-hop artist. Lil Wayne and Blink-182 on a co-headlining tour. Man, um, names I'll never expect to be together for a thousand, Alex. Yikes. And hey, you know what? I can see it working. I, it's for the same principle. If all these fans are going to this big amphitheater tour that they're doing and they're paying to see Blink, they're going to see Lil Wayne, too. You know what? Lil Wayne might win a few people over. And that's what's cool about some of these shows. You get this exposed to something new. Am I a Lil Wayne fan? No. Could I tell you some of his music? No. Would I go to see him if I get to shoot Blink-182? Absolutely. It's not like, oh my gosh, I finally am going to get to see... Oh, what's a great band? What's a really killer band? Okay, let's just go with the standard, Metallica. I finally get to see Metallica. And all, oh, wait, you mean Attila's playing with them? Yeah, never mind, I won't go. <laughs> it's not that big of a dichotomy. Or it's not like, oh, Attila's playing with them? Well, all right then, I'll just wait in the parking lot until it's time to go to my seat. Metallica takes the stage. Lil Wayne's not like that. And it's under the same principle. If you're going to a festival or a concert where there's a band on there that you don't even know, you either don't know or you're not really familiar with, or you can't figure out why they're there in the case of Lil Wayne or Blink-182 at Aftershock, give it a chance. You might be surprised. If you already know you hate them, if you already understand that you will not enjoy it, that's totally different if you've already given them a chance before. Like I said with Attila, yeah. um, If Attila ever opened up for an enormous name, I might just hang in back or go to concessions or something for a while. But... For something like this, it's worth giving a chance. And going back to the new music from Blink-182, when they have the new album come out this year, and they're supposed to have another EP come out after this new album that's supposed to drop sometime in 2019. So we're going to be getting a good amount of new music from Blink-182. Give it a chance. Give the group with Matt Skiba now a chance. I like California, and I want to see where they evolved from 2017's California. I think they have something here. What do you guys think about Blink-182 in its new 2019 format? I know it's been the same format for a few years now, but what do you guys think? Did you like California? Do you, are you going to see them this year at either a festival or a concert setting at the amphitheaters? What do you think of Blank in 2019? 
One thing that happened today is that for July 8th, 2019 is the five-year anniversary of Starset's debut album, Transmissions. If you've been listening to Rocked for a while, you know I am a big Starset fan. Huge. Um, I've been very privileged to meet the band several times. I think they're great guys. Dustin is an intelligent human being. They've Their music writing ability has grown over the years. I think their creativity is becoming unbridled and they can really make something work out of whatever they want to do and it's crazy to think back at five years ago when before transmission came out when i got the pitch for the album and when my demons was getting airplay on sirius xm and some fm stations before transmissions came out a lot of people were digging it without knowing what the band was about what they looked like dustin and the scientist gimmick with the ron and everyone else in the spaceman jumpsuits that's a hard sell when you're staring at a hard rock audience and crowd who just want to see the same black t-shirts and jeans and riff solos and just nothing else. That's it. Just ugly, basic black rock, you know, just gritty and dark and that's it. Maybe drinking beer on stage, shouting out the ladies in the crowd, nothing else. And here comes Star Set with a full, deep writing and a message. They have a novel that goes along with the story of transmissions and everything else with the Star Set Society. They have all these lyrics written in story form and dialogue format. They have these intense light shows that are amazing. And they have these suits that light up with the programming. Dustin's at the command board in front, like actually command controlling the smoke and the different jetpacks and different lighting rigs and everything like that while the show's going on and while he's singing. I mean, he's, it's like a planetarium when Star Set performs. And then back a few years ago when Vessels came out, Monster blew up huge. I don't think they realized how big of a hit Monster was going to be because that was getting TV airplay at that point. They were playing that, that in the background of sports shows, commercials, other things like that too. I'm very interested to see what happens this September with Star Set's new album. I want to see where they go, because if you've checked out Starset online on some of their socials and seen some of their festival performances in the UK and Europe, they have a whole new look. It's dystopian. This is less uh, galaxy Star Trek style and more Mad Max dystopian future. And it looks awesome. It looks like they put a lot of detail and effort into this. So I want to hear how the music evolves. I want to know what they're doing, because... Starset, Dustin Bates, Ron, everyone else, they do not just go into things haphazardly and just kind of throw things together and go, okay, good enough. No, they spend a lot of time calculating and writing and making sure everything's planned out. And that's awesome. We need more of that in rock, in metal, in alternative, in all of music. We need more instruments that are written not to just blast through and sound cool we need like quiet moments to help build things up for that quiet or let me rephrase that we need more quiet moments to help appreciate the bigger loud moments and that's a big deal even for metal albums too because there's so much music that's just nothing but a blast of clipping the audio 20 minute bass drum solos with double basses and everything like that. I think for the hard rock side, Star Set is a breath of fresh air. And I know I am not speaking for everyone. Like my friends in the Rock Coliseum, John, Mark Crash, they're not crazy about Star Set. I don't think any of them hate them by any means, but I know they just don't really care. I totally get it. This is a kind of a hard sell, like I said before. I love Star Set, though. I loved Transmissions. That was my favorite album of 2014. I loved Vessels. I have a feeling I'm going to really, really enjoy this new album coming out in September.
So here's hoping we get something great from the spacemen. Or, I guess, I'm not sure what to call them now without really seeing them in person. I guess the Mad Max, Mad Max, the dystopian future, I don't know. The Fallout Warriors? No, that's lame. What's a good name for them? Well, I'll stick with Starset for now. What do you think about Starset? What do you feel about transmissions and vessels and the Starset Society, their live show? There's a lot to take in, but if you've heard Starset before any, on any level, what do you think of them? Since I'm going solo, I'm going to be doing this episode a little bit shorter, but the last thing I wanted to talk about is Polestar's 2019 mid-year worldwide and North American tour stats. They released their list of the best-selling tours throughout North America and the world, as I just said, and some of the rock and metal bands are doing just pretty well for being at the top of the, near the top of the list or in the top 10. For the worldwide tours, Metallica is at number four, making $69.7 million on their touring this year so far. They had their big U.S., the second half of their big hardwired arena tour this year. KISS is at $58.1 million, coming in at number seven. And then number eight, which was the end, was Trans-Siberian Orchestra at $57.3 million. People don't realize how much money they bring in. And if anyone doesn't say Trans-Siberian Orchestra isn't metal, then you are insane. Watch their show. As for the North American tours in the top 10, KISS was in number 5 with 58.1 million and Trans-Siberian Orchestra at 57.3 million, right behind them at number 6. There's some interesting names on here though for just the North American tours I want to talk about a little bit for breaking it down because they go into the top 100. And for some of the crazy names for it, Panic at the Disco coming in at 31st with $12.9 million profit. Disturbed, $10.6 million. Number 35. At number 39, Muse at $9.3 million. These are pretty good, considering also that a lot of those tour dates, like for Muse and also Disturbed, didn't have these long, extensive tour date lists that a lot of other bands do. This wasn't like a 50-city tour stop, so these were pretty good numbers. Also interesting, coming in at number 42, Weezer and Pixies at $9 million. I remember seeing that tour. That's pretty awesome because they did the arena tours themselves. And to see Weezer and Pixies still putting out work and getting good tour numbers, especially Pixies because they're rumored to have a new album come out this year and they're going to be playing at Pasadena Daydream Festival. Wow, you can tell it's going long in this recording when I can't talk. Pixies got chosen by The Cure to play with them. So I'm hoping to hear new music from them. And Weezer released a covers album and that Black album that came out. So they had stuff going on. Some other noticeable names... Greta Van Fleet, $4.5 million at number 80. Bring Me the Horizon, $3.6 million, coming at number 96. That's the last real rock or metal band to make the list. And Bring Me the Horizon's live show, it's their new one, is spectacular. They have stepped up their presentation and their game with that. I was not crazy about their new album, and unfortunately, Amo really did not sell well. It was a bomb in the United States. It sold... 75% less, if I'm correct, than That's the Spirit did. That's crushing. Even though I wasn't a fan of it, I didn't hate it. I just thought it was kind of there. It was like a 5 out of 10 for me. And I was kind of lower than all the other critics and stuff. It just didn't really do that much for me. So when you have... Hear that the tour is going really well, that's kind of reassuring, you know? That kind of keeps the band really going, because that's their money at that point. You know, it's not all going back to... The, uh, the recording studios and the record company and all the contracts and things like that. It goes back to what I said in the beginning of the podcast, though. If we want to see more of these rock, metal, alternative bands really get to bigger numbers on these tours, we need the next breakout band. We need that big, 
huge name to really start turning heads, shake up the system, get everyone's attention, and that will start bringing other bands with them. I don't know who it is, though. All I know is we need it sooner than later. Do you have a recommendation on who it is? I'm open to any any type of offering or suggestion on that because I've rattled my brain thinking about this and I don't know who it would be myself. A lot of the big festivals in the country rely on the big heavy names. I mean, Slipknot's coming back. They finally have a new album coming out for We Are Not Your Kind. I am ecstatic to see that. Tool is finally coming back with new music after 400 years. But those aren't new names. We need a new young name that's not only done something different, but is fantastic and grabs everyone's attention. It's different. It's the shakeup that Nirvana had with grunge coming out of the hair metal days. I don't know what that's going to be, but that's what we need right now. We need a hero, and I don't know who that hero is. That being said, thank you for tuning in on this shorter edition of the podcast that rocks. I'm going to be cutting this one a little bit shorter than an hour, but I think you got enough for the weekend after my crazy weekend. Hopefully you guys are doing good. Uh, please, please, please subscribe on YouTube, especially to the podcast that rocks channel. Still trying to get that number up so I can monetize it on YouTube. However, I still am posting all these episodes on the different podcast formats. So if you're listening on YouTube, you can also check it out on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. It's all up there. Please, if you really want to help out rocks, check it out on Patreon. I'll put a link in the YouTube card and on getrock.net if you're listening through there through the actual website link. Even if it's just a dollar a month, you're helping out rocks a ton. Also, you get these podcast downloads a day sooner. So, something to think about. You get it in MP3 download format, too, straight from Patreon. So, you don't have to click on any too much. It'll be sent right to your email. You just click on that, and it'll go right to a download link. That being said, thanks again for listening. Please hit me up online on the socials at Rocktonet on Twitter and on Facebook at GetRocktonet on Instagram. Let me know what you think, who else you want to see on this podcast. And also, let me know what you're listening to. Let me know what the bands I talked about today, what you think about them. 21 Pilots, Star Set, whoever. Blink-182 special also. And finally, make sure to go let Pushing Up Roses know on Twitter and Instagram at Pushing Up Roses. Let her know you want her back on the, cop- the podcast that rocked. Maybe I won't stutter as much next time. Here's hoping. Here's hoping.